This podcast is a production of Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, a place where real people meet a real God to live in a real world. For more information, check out our website at communitycovenant.net. The scripture reading this morning is from James chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. My brothers, as believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, don't show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in shabby clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing clothes and saying, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand there or sit on the floor by my feet, have you not discriminated amongst yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my dear brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? But you have insulted the poor. It is not the rich who are exploiting you. Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are slandering the noble name of him to whom you belong? If you really keep the royal law found in the scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but do not commit murder, you have become a lawbreaker. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom, because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Just as a little heads up on this, there's, there's going to be a number of, of Bible passages that I'm going to be referring to. It, it, it's a, a big topic we're going to talk about today, and so they're going to come real quick. I encourage you to take notes, uh, use your worship guide or whatever is available. If, if Anyway, I think it would be helpful. Someone said the easiest thing to find is fault. The easiest thing, very easiest thing to find is fault. It, it really is easy to judge, be critical of other people. A lot of times it might just be in our thoughts or in our words. Uh, Proverbs 18.21 says the tongue has the power of life and death. And, and I believe it. We can cut each other down. I remember sharing in a sermon some uh, time ago that uh, I was going to go 24 hours without being critical or judging someone. This was years ago back in Minnesota with a, a prayer partner, accountability partner of mine. And when we were talking about this, we hadn't even left the restaurant before Twice within the hour, we were making critical comments about somebody else. Go 24 hours 
without making those negative judgments. It, it is a hard thing. Then I thought, okay, I remember that situation. I've grown a lot since then. So, it, you know, I'm sure I'm a lot better. And now this, I'm, I'm just thinking of this past week here. And the, and the day I was thinking about that, I remembered earlier in the morning when I was looking at the news. And some of the, the critical thoughts, the stuff that was being stirred up inside me when I was looking at the news. You know, you read about uh, different things in the news and politics in particular and all kinds of negative stuff, at least for me, can get stirred up. And I was being, in my mind, judgmental in a critical way. And I really don't think it's, I don't know, fair, legitimate to, to be critical of somebody. Just because they're a long ways away doesn't mean now they're fair game. So some politician in Washington, D.C., now I can, in my mind or verbally, just chew them up and spit them out. They're fair game because they're a long ways away. I, I don't think that's right. But anyway... That, that was something I thought, oh, yeah, I did that this morning. And then I was remembered when I was driving up the Loop Road and I was, um, quote, unquote, evaluating the driving uh, decisions of the person in front of me. And they were in front of me way too long. I mean, if I timed it, it had to be, I bet you it was 15 seconds too long. And it... It is kind of silly that 15 seconds, but I tell you, when you want to get someplace, um, you've got an opinion about that, right? <laughs> I do. It is so easy. You almost have to think about, did I, was I judgmental? Because it, it just happens without thinking about it. Going 24 hours, just 24 hours without being judgmental in a critical sort of way, that is hard. What, what is easy is finding fault. What is easy is, is judging. <laughs> so what's the answer? What's the solution? Just, okay, we're not going to judge. <laughs> That's almost like the pendulum. Okay, it's over here, now let's, let's go to another extreme over here, and we're not going to make any judgments. You know, that, that's, not only won't that work, it's not good. We need to make judgments and decisions. Some people thinking of a, a Bible example, they go to Matthew five or excuse me, Matthew seven one where it says, Bible says don't judge. And Matthew seven one does say don't judge, but the, the bigger passage, that isn't the only thing it says. What it does is caution us when we judge. And it says first you look at yourself Okay. The, the log, the issues in your own life, the log is far bigger than the speck. First you take care of the log, and then you can evaluate, judge the person with a speck in their eye. That's where you start with yourself. Uh, Matthew 18, 15 to 17 actually gives us guidance, kind of step by step in confronting someone with sin. Uh, Galatians 6, 1 tells us to confront with gentleness. There is a biblical teaching that there is a place for judging. Okay. We just have to do it very carefully. More broadly, not referring to the Bible, but just in general, I hope all of us have 
critical thinking skills. We think, we evaluate, not, not critical in a, in a bad way, but in a, a discerning way. I hope we, when, when you come in here to church, I hope you keep your mind with you and you're critically evaluating, critical thinking skills, a message that is being spoken. I hope that's true. To me, it's actually scary and even, in a sense, cult-like if you sit and listen to messages without evaluating that. Okay? It is very important to think critically discerning. So, here's where I want us to go today. And some of it, we've already been there. It, it is easy to judge. Okay? And I'll just say we've covered that. It's maybe intuitive. <laughs> the second thing, the, the answer isn't to stop making judgment. That, that's almost silly in its extreme. So let's just say we've covered that. The rest of where I want to spend time is, I hope we filter those judgments that we do make and have to make, that we filter them through Mercy. The Bible passage, James 2, 1 through 13, and we're going we're gonna to walk through that. But that Bible passage, everything ends up flowing down to the punchline in verse 13, where it talks about mercy triumphing over judgment. That, that's where we're going to end up. Mercy triumphs over judgment. In, in my Bible and, and the, the way Bibles are printed nowadays, it has section headings. The section heading I have above um, that verse 1 through 13 is favoritism forbidden. Or in another Bible I looked at, it said the sin of partiality. Okay. Whatever you call it, favoritism, partiality, it still comes down to judging in, in a negative, critical sort of way. The example that James gave was where you're judging more favorably the rich person over the poor person. And James says, that's discrimination. Don't do that. He says, you, you are judging with evil motives, evil uh, thoughts. Instead of doing that, verse 8, he says... Follow the royal law. It, it doesn't sound like law when you have the word love in there, but the royal law is love your neighbor as yourself. When, when you are loving your neighbor as yourself, you're giving them mercy. You're acting mercifully. Before I go on further, I, I want us to define a few terms because they're going to come up um, in the rest of the message. One is the word law or the concept of justice and the word mercy and the word grace. And I want to invite Colleen Brown to, to come and help me with this. Many of you already know Stephen Colleen Brown. They go here. Colleen is on staff, both with um, women's ministry and in connecting people to ministry. But she's got a, a true story of a friend that happened uh, that you know that illustrates these three words. Right. This true story is about my friend Tom, who lives in Florida. When Tom was a young man, he loved to golf. And he was a very, very good golfer. And he would golf with his buddies three or four times a week regularly. 
but also part of the sport was after they were done golfing, they would go to the local bar and they would drink and drink and drink and they would get drunk. And then they would also get in their cars and drive drunk. Well, Tom had gotten picked up a couple times and the local police officers allowed him off with grace and gave him warnings. But on the third time the sirens went off, Tom knew he was way over the limit. He was plastered. And this, I believe, was Tom's foxhole conversion when he lifted his hands up to God and he said, Lord, if you get me out of this mess, I will do whatever you're calling me to do. I'll be your man. And at that point, Tom's sitting there. He doesn't know the outcome. The police officer comes. He says, young man, do you know that you were driving over the speed limit? Do you know you were going over the lines? And Tom says, yes, I was. I know. I know I was. He goes, and I'm going to tell you another thing. I know that if you tested me, I'm going to be way over the limit. I'm going to be drunk. And I beg mercy on me, and I will never do it again if you let me off. Well, I don't know what else went on, but the local officer said, young man, you know that local cafe down the street? I'm going to drive you there. If you are willing to sit there and call someone and wait and not drive home, wait till you get picked up, I'm going to let you off. So Tom gets in the car. They go to the cafe. And to Tom's surprise, the officer even got out, went into the cafe, and bought him a pot of coffee. And then he also talked Mm -hmm. with him, encouraging him and telling him about driving drunk. So the happy ending of this, Tom, who used to be known as a great golf expert and loved to go drinking, is now known as Pastor Tom down in Florida with his very own church. His church is a very loving, caring, helping, thriving church to this day. And Tom does not drink and drive drunk. (laughs) Wow. Thanks. (laughs) It, It is amazing that the officer and Tom didn't know each other for the officer to go that literally extra mile. So the, the concepts, um, law or justice, that's when you get what you deserve. That's the, that's the flashing light that we've seen maybe all too many times behind our car when we're driving. And justice would be you get a ticket. Mercy is if you get off with a warning. Grace This officer went way beyond even mercy in taking him to the cafe, buying the coffee, sitting with him till he sobers up, till his ride comes. Grace is when we don't get actually what we deserve. That's a big picture about law, mercy, grace. But this passage says more about the law as well. It says the law is a good thing. I mean, it's a very good thing when it's defined as loving, loving your neighbors yourself. That's a great thing. Verses 10 and 11 talk about the law being a package deal that there's, it's unified, interdependent. It all fits together. Uh, verse 12 talks about it being a, a law that gives it's freeing, a freedom law. I want to illustrate with uh, maybe you've seen the driver's manual for a state of Alaska if you've gotten license. All this, when we have laws, it's a good thing when we're driving around, assuming people obey those laws. It, it's a package deal. It's a good thing. It gives freedom of the road. And if we said, okay, well, let's just take out one little piece of it. Like, say, say we'll take out the stop sign part. 
What if there's none of those little red, white, octagonal stop signs? How good is that? How freeing is it going to be when you're driving down the road and other people, they're not stopping where they should stop? How good is that? How freeing is that for the road? Or what if you say, okay, we're just going to take out the one little part about those lines, like there's solid lines or dashed lines down the road, and we're just going to skip that part. How freeing, how good is that when everything else is the same, but there's no lane distinctions? God's law is like that, too. It, it, it's a package deal. It, it is good for us. It actually does give us freedom. And God's law is summed up. The royal law, love the Lord, or excuse me, <laughs> love your neighbor as yourself. Um, it is good. You know, sometimes people will still, as good as all that is, can, can look at Christians as being... I don't know, harsh if they want to impose their law, their beliefs on someone else. It's like, well, what right do you have? And I understand we need to be careful about that, but it's kind of like telling the doctor, what right do you have prescribing this or that to me? What right do you have pushing your prescription on me? It's like, that's strange. I mean, the doctor obviously, hopefully obviously, has your best interest in mind if he prescribes something. God has our best interest in mind when he says, do this, don't do that. Okay, So that's law. And when we don't follow the law perfectly, and none of us do, it says, show mercy. Show mercy. And James 2.13 isn't subtle about exercising mercy. It says judgment without mercy will be shown anyone who has not been merciful. If, if you have received, you're a believer, and you have received God's mercy, how, how hypocritical is it for you to not give mercy? Micah 7.18 says God delights in mercy. That's a strong word, delight. God delights in mercy. In Micah 6.8, it says God wants us to love mercy. Another strong word, love it. Okay, well, here's, here's what mercy does in our judgments. Colleen, come and help me again. We'll just say that, okay, the, the strainer is mercy, okay? Um, what, what ends up happening is mercy strains out, filters out some of the harsh stuff in our judgment, filters out some and sometimes all of the consequences uh, for our actions, um, Clean and I are going to do a, a little role play and just try to illustrate some of these things. So um, this totally made up. No, well, we have names, but there's no one in here in particular, not on purpose. 
So it might be your name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, hi, Colleen. Uh, do you have just a minute? I, I just really need to vent. Yes, sure. What's up? Okay. I was at Bear Paw the other day, Saturday, and you know the the kind of the food court, the rows with all the food vendors there, and I was in there getting a funnel cake, and you have to stand in line a while to get a funnel cake. They're pretty good. And I just get my funnel cake, and then this Tim, you know, I don't know if you know Tim from the third service. Oh, yeah, I know Tim. Yeah, well, so Tim comes barreling down that food aisle, runs into me. I the, can't believe that. The funnel that. cake just, you know, flops all over him and then goes down on the ground, 100 pieces. Wow, I want to know more about that. What, what else well, have you been doing? Well, there is more. That, in a way, that's the small part. What is more irritating, got me bent out of shape, is that hmm. Tim, he acted like he didn't even know me. He just runs into me, you know, funnel cake goes flying, and then... I think all he said is just, you know, hey, watch where you're going. He takes off. And what's all that about? So I'm. Well, you know, I do know Tim. And I'm just wondering, did, did you talk to him later and try giving him a call? Did you try doing that? Well, let me put it this way. I thought about it. But to me, that's part of it where <laughs> me calling him, he's the one that owes me a call or an apology, offer to pay for the funnel cake or something for me to go the other way and call him i i don't want to go that direction but you know what keith um this i may not be correct in my thinking here but saturday night when i was on my computer going through my emails i got a prayer request from community covenant church and tim's grandmother was being rushed to the hospital saturday afternoon and i'm just wondering is at the time that funnel cake fell into 100 pieces if he didn't get that cell phone call that his grandmother was being rushed to Providence. Hmm. And he was so preoccupied. He, didn't, he was thinking about his grandmother. He wasn't thinking about you or anybody, and he wasn't meaning to be rude. Okay, now I'm feeling guilty. <laughs> now, now maybe, yeah, you're right. Maybe, maybe, now maybe I'm the one that owes him an apology and then thinking about, okay, he's got funnel cake on him and he's going right from Bear Paw to, to the hospital, and that's not good. <laughs> Wow, it's easy to judge, isn't it? Yeah. Many times, well, most of the times, we don't have enough information to go on. That is so true. You know, it's interesting. One minute, you want Tim to give you an apology, and now you're thinking you owe Tim the apology just with a little bit more information. Yeah. Well, speaking of apologies, and I, I don't know if this is going too far, but maybe I owe you an apology for... And kind of put Tim down, making him look like he's a jerk or something like that. And what I should have done is gone directly to Tim and just left you out of it. Well, now that you're making me feel guilty, I think I owe you an apology now because I should have stopped you right away because I know Tim. I know Tim's heart and his family's heart. I should have said, don't tell me the story. I think you need to call Tim because Tim has a good heart. Yeah. <laughs> All this over, in a way, a little funnel cake. I... I would feel better if we just cut each other some slack, but I, I, need, to, I need to give Tim a call. I think that's a good idea. Okay. <laughs> this isn't Hollywood, but it works. Anyway, we're, we're, we're done with the role play, but, but I want us to still kind of dialogue about what happened as well as just this whole judgment and mercy stuff. So we're going to keep going. Right. No wonder in the Bible, in James 1.19, it tells us to be quick to listen, 
slow to speak and slow to become angry. That rushing into harsh judgments is easy to do, but it's not always the wisest. Yeah. And, you know, when I think about some of those judgments I make, it does happen quick. It can happen in a second. And so often it is actually over a small thing. I have it to really agree. Is. I have to agree. It starts small, and it can get so big, it escalates, that it gets so huge. It could also have bitterness get so deep-rooted into your heart, and it can change friendships so quick. They can end so abruptly. It could happen. Well, it could, and, and I know scenarios where it does happen. And a lot of times it's over a lack of information, and we're not clear on something. As soon as you brought up the stuff about Tim's grandma, it, it just it totally framed the situation different in a more positive light, and I just didn't have the information. Well, I think a lot of this comes from our own basic human selfish nature. The royal law tells us to love our neighbor as ourselves. Yeah, we remember to love ourselves, but sometimes we forget to love our neighbor. Just in the case of you and Tim, you were kind of loving yourself, focused on yours, what he did to you, and you weren't even loving your neighbor Tim and thinking about what he was doing and what was going on with him. But you didn't find out what the reason for him leaving so quickly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, going back to our sieve illustration here, if, if, if I took that, that little role play scenario and, and, in a sense, filtered it through mercy... I know I would not have been as harsh on Tim. Okay? I know I, I definitely would not have been as critical toward Tim if I had filtered it through mercy. Um, thanks for helping out, Colleen. In this message on you know, judging with mercy, I have a question really for all of us. How do you want God to judge you? This is still it's going right into James 2. How do you want God to judge you? You want God to judge you with a little mercy or a lot of mercy? Verse 13 does make a connection between our actions and God's. Um, judgment without mercy will be shown anyone who has not been merciful. How, how mercifully do you want God to judge you? Um, I want to be clear on something because I, I was trying to figure out, okay, what judgment are we talking about here? This particular judgment is not talking about our eternal destiny with God. That is settled when we have, not, not by our actions, you know, whether we have been faithful in not judging or not, it's, it's on our faith and trust in Jesus, period. This seems to be getting more at judging relating to eternal rewards that we will get in heaven. There's a lot more about that. And um, it's, these are some references that I think will help with that. Um, this passage actually isn't about future rewards um, it, it's more about telling you and me our actions matter. They really, really matter a lot. And God really, really wants us to act, to make our judgments with mercy. 
he is stating it as strongly as possible. God delights. He delights in mercy. Micah 7.18 He wants us to love, to fall in love with mercy. Micah 6.8 In the end, mercy is going to triumph over judgment. And it's an unqualified declaration from God. Mercy is going to triumph over judgment. I want to tell you a tiny thing about myself. I think I have a spiritual gift of mercy. So it's easy for me to talk to people about being merciful. It's actually also easy for me to be judgmental about people that are not merciful. Okay? So there's a double edge on some of those strengths and weaknesses at the same time. So you need to consider the source. Who is, who is telling you this stuff? But consider the source. I didn't write James 2.13. Okay? It's God's inspired word. Consider the source. Who said this? Along with that, if you're reflecting, James 2.13, throw in Matthew 18, 21, and 21 through 35, Matthew 18. It's a parable about forgiving with mercy. Very powerful parable. I have a closing thought. There's a phrase, uh, the, the devil is in the details. <laughs> Not a particularly godly phrase, but we use it when... You know, you're looking at a document and what you expect sometimes is different because of the details. <laughs> what if we change that to mercy is in the details? What if mercy is in the details? You know, in all the judgments, decisions that, that we have to make, that are good to make, let mercy filter into the details. In terms of how much mercy, that absolutely is between you and God. Amen. Pray with me a minute. Lord God, you have led the way. You, you've set the standard in judging with mercy. I pray that you help us have your heart both your heart for justice as well as your heart for mercy. For Jesus' sake, amen.